0: Opening spiel ready. <laughs> I'm doing Foley noises over here. Okay, let me let me flip the page on my iPad. Nice.
1: You're welcome. Um, are you ready? This is why we're a team. Yes. <laughs>
0: scary girl hi everybody hi everyone I'm Stephanie and I'm Sarah and this is
1: Dead Dead Time Time Stories
0: A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? That's because
1: it's our show. And guess what? It's not yours. That's a fact.
0: It's not yours. It's not yours? Uh, uh, guess what? If this is your first time listening to the show, stop. Stop. Go Go back. Go back to the beginning. Listen from the beginning. Yeah. Um, don't. Start up in the middle. I know you're like, oh, but I just heard about you. I'm going to start right where the newest episode is. Please don't do that. Don't. Okay? Just stop. Stop right now. Go back. Roll back. Episode one. Grumble through to my mouth a little bit. Start from there and catch up. I know it sounds like it's not a big like. St- it's a huge do deal. It, okay? Just do it. And we can say that because it's our show and it's, it's not, not yours. Okay? So just do that right now. Thank you so much.
1: And we have people who love us berating them. So deal with it. You would know that if you
0: had been listening. Started to from the video. beginning. Welcome back.
1: I feel like we cut things out of our ending spiel, but now we've just really extended
0: our opening our spiel. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we got to hook them. But you like it. You little freak. Yeah. You like it. This podcast took a turn. You know what I um, discovered today? And I put it in my Instagram story, so you might have already seen it. But that uh, the rapper Juvenile released a remix of his song Back That Thing Up. Uh, called "Vax That Thing Up," I did, and I'll have you know I listen to it on repeat over here from work. It's a banger, it is a banger.
1: I heard about it on this news podcast that I just recently discovered that is just right up my alley because it's two friends recanting the news but doing it in a very sarcastic manner, and uh, they the best way to do it. they featured it. It's called "What a Day." It's very good. I highly recommend that's it. The it's name of like the podcast. that's the name that's of the, the podcast. The song is no. "Vax
0: That Thing Up." We Vax That
1: Thing that. Up. What a day. And it's I mean, on all streaming services, whatnot. But yeah, they mentioned that on there and played clips from it and it was just delightful.
0: Yeah. It was uh it was it's pretty ridiculous and you should vax that thing up.
1: So if you're not vaccinated, stop. Go back vaccinated. <laughs> stop listening to this podcast. You're not gonna like us. Go get your shot. Done. Done. You only got one shot. Do not miss I mean your if it's the Johnson and Johnson shot. Which, well, thank God, we didn't get that one. Yeah, it's not looking good. Mm. I mean, it's fine. It's better
0: than the alternative. Which is not getting which a is shot not at getting vaxed. Sure, yeah, I got the Pfizer.
1: Me too. The Michelle
0: Pfizer. Yeah, the Doctor Pfizer. The P is not silent. Mm-mm.
1: The P stands for pretty fucking set against coronavirus.
0: The P stands for
1: get your shot. That's me trying to incorporate the F into it. I'm so tired. It's okay. Stephanie just got back from vacation. I did. I just
0: got back from vacation. She just flew in and her arms are tired. Um, My face is tired. My face is leaking. My like voice, you can hear it in my voice. Like I am, I'm unwell, but I don't think I'm contagious. That's why I'm here. (laughs) I got vaccinated. Fingers (laughs) crossed. Oof. I mean, I hope it's not COVID. I don't think it's COVID. I think it's, so I get sinus infections multiple times a year. Uh, I actually think I didn't get one this year because of masks. But with like all the changes, like in elevation and temperature, yeah. and then like I got water up my nose a couple times on vacay, like my sinuses are really irritated, and yeah, I feel They're terrible. Like, how dare you change our normal environment? But I am here, so like she, I'm, I'm looking writing, at her. She's here. This I'm isn't remote. Now. Now. We're doing it. Let's see what happens. We're going to record an episode. That's what's going to... And then you're going to go home. Oh, we are. And um, I'm interested to talk about what I'm going to talk about this week. Oh, well, so am I.
1: <sighs> you're going to jump, re- jump into it. Doozy I'm, I'm on ready. into it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Doozy, daisy, I think I'm ready. <sighs> okay, let's go. All right, do, do it. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Leslie.
0: Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready
1: to talk about some ghosts?
0: Well, are you? Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Are you talking about ghosts? I'm talking about ghosts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do it. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready for it.
1: I know. I'm just like, you don't feel good that I'm also like, we haven't done ghosts in a while. So maybe it
0: is boring now. (laughs) It's not that it's it's not
1: boring. We're going to bring it back around. Ghosts are not boring. It's not boring. And it's more like with most ghost stories, it's more about the history of it. Can you imagine if this is your
0: first time listening to the show, this is where you started. How disappointed would you be? I swear to God. Honestly. If you're a new person and you didn't start from the beginning, you're a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. I said it. Okay. It's going to be that episode. Sarah, talk about ghosts. Let's
1: go. Let's fucking ghost. I'm talking about the Big Bay Point Lighthouse in Michigan. Okay. All right. Lighthouse. I don't know if we've covered a haunted lighthouse before. I don't know. Well, I'm doing it know. today. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, we know if we have. Apparently, most of them are haunted. When I started looking this up, they were like, "You want haunted lighthouses?" They're like,
0: which, bitch, which one?
1: Here's a whole bajillion, yeah. and I was like, "Well, let's go in alphabetical a, order." A top
0: ten Buzzfeed most haunted lighthouses.
1: It was list. actually a Buzzfeed quiz of which most, which haunted, most haunted lighthouse, lighthouse, lighthouse are, you? are you?
0: Got you. And I
1: got the Big Bay Lighthouse, so of course that's what I'm talking about this week. Got you. I haven't been lazy with my topics. No, I haven't.
0: This is actually good. Okay. I, okay, I dropped I'm, something else. I'm sorry to pause you. I'm going to go get toilet paper from the downstairs bathroom. Go do it. I do can, your thing. I can feel it coming, you know? It's it's happening. Intermission music. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Tell me about this haunted lighthouse that you were in the BuzzFeed in quiz. In my BuzzFeed
1: quiz. So I got Big Ben or Big Bay Point Lighthouse. Ooh. Almost Big Ben. That'd be better. No. All right. It's Big Bay. Bay, Bay caught me sleep. Big Bay. Bay caught some things. All right. So it's on the shore of Lake Superior in Michigan. Ugh, that's the best of them right? It's pretty superior to the others. Built in 1896, it was placed on a rocky ledge that had seen a lot of shipwrecks, hence the need for a lighthouse to be put there. This lighthouse, it was made for two keepers to run it. So you had your main keeper, and then he had his assistant to the regional keeper position. The first inaugural inaugural keeper of this lighthouse, his name was William Pryor, and I found this hilarious, but he seems to come from a family of lighthouse keepers because both him and his two other brothers- Sure, it's a
0: family business.
1: All kept lighthouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all different. Like, it's not like you get the lighthouse passed down. It's like you're expected to go find your own lighthouse. You apprenticed at
0: our lighthouse, and now you got to go off and find your own lighthouse. We Did, can't all run the same lighthouse. No. I mean, that doesn't- You have to There's grow the There's too many the lighthouse men in the lighthouse. I don't know. What, what is a lighthouse operator called? A keeper. A keep They're just called a keeper? Yeah. Okay. Just a keeper. There's too many keepers in the lighthouse. Like, too, there's too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: Too many keepers in the lighthouse. Too many keepers in the lighthouse. And with this one, if it was more than two, it's too many. So Already
0: too many. They are chock full of keepers.
1: They're like, we done kept them, and we're finished. That's all I got. We're ready to get rid of them. We've been keeping them, and we can't keep them keep, and keep going anymore. We can't keep
0: on keeping them. God, if this is your first episode. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is why you should start from the beginning. <laughs> William. Golden. We're talking Golden. about William.
1: <laughs> William on his lighthouse that he on went his out. On lighthouse bullshit. Per usual. Just get ready. All right. So William, not only is he on his bullshit all the time, apparently he was kind of a hard ass and he wanted things done a specific way. And he wanted the work done when he said he wanted the work done. Right. So he had a hard time getting assistance and keeping assistance. But thankfully for us. Good old Will over here kept a pretty great diary. So we have all the receipts of all of the drama and the tea that he had with all of his assistants that yeah, he we didn't do. like. Give me the tea. So November of 1897, Will had to walk to the nearby town to attend the funeral for his only sister. Womp womp. He was gone about a week. So much
0: child death.
1: Oh, my God. So much. I think she was an adult, but still. <laughs> still so so. She was um, someone's child. She was. She was someone's child. And she was she someone's was sister. dad's child. And his mom's child. Yeah. Yeah, it was full-blooded. I was like, well, if she was a half-sister, maybe not. But no, <laughs> full-blooded sister. But anyways, he had to leave for a week, and so he left the lighthouse in the hands of his current assistant to the regional keeper. His name was Ralph Heater. When Will returned, he made the following entry into his diary about how he felt about Ralph and the way Ralph handled things while he was gone. Dear Diary. Spoiler, it's not good. I cannot see that the assistant has done any work around the station since I left. He has not the energy to carry him down the hill, and if I speak to him about it, he makes no answer, but goes on just as if he did not hear me. He is so much under the control of his wife, he has not the heart to do anything. She has annoyed me during the season by hanging around him and hindering him from working and she is altogether a person totally unfit to be in a place like this as she is discontented and jealous and has succeeded in making life miserable for everyone at this station. Wow. He that's doesn't a, like that. Yeah, I was like,
0: that's a big accusation there, buddy. I don't like
1: you. I don't like your work ethic. I don't like your wife. I don't like your wife's attitude.
0: That's what he said. A month later. He's like, I don't like your kids. I don't like your fucking dog. And I like dogs. I'm a dog person. Your dog? I hate him. Fucking hate that dog because he's um, yours. Yours. A month later, December. ww.dozthedog die There's actually no dog in the story because we made it up. So no, the dog doesn't die. The dog doesn't die. But
1: if it was Ralph Heater's dog, then William Pryor would have wanted that dog to die. Sure. That's what we're trying to say That's here. That's at. really the underlying theme of this whole story. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, all right. Uh, a month I'm later. So Go ahead. Uh, he doesn't like his assistant. And you so listening to our show. a month later, so he writes in his diary, uh, my assistant objects to working during the closed season. I have written to the inspector to get his opinion on the matter. And on January 1st, he writes, my assistant now claims that he is unable to work as he has a lame back. I love how much of a journaler this guy is. Oh, he's into it. And I also feel like if it was a thing back then, he would have written in... I roll my assistant says he has a lame back at the beginning of the year. Now that I talked to the superior about
0: him, fucking I would be a blogger, but he'd be like one of those bitchy bloggers.
1: Oh yeah. Emojis everywhere. Shenanigans continued uh, until mid February when will noted That Mr. Heater, Ralph, arrived from the nearby town at 6 p.m. and walked the entire distance of 33 miles in 12 hours, including two rest stops over an hour each. Pretty good gait for a lame man. Ooh. Ooh. Then again on February 27th, he wrote, Well, Ralph came across the ice to the other side of Big Bay with his wife. It is Sunday, and his back is not lame today. Ooh, insurance fraud, piping hot. Um, Relief, however, was in sight because not only two days later, William has an entry that says that he received a letter from the office informing me that my assistant would be transferred to Granite Island for which I have every reason to be thankful. So he got a letter from the office saying, sashay away. And his assistant went and wrote on the... You know, mirror and lipstick, yeah, and was like, like take this anyway. job and yeah. shove it. Um, I hope you go home next. But in the confessional, Will is just like, I am just so glad that he's out of here, right? So now we got a new guy. New guy's name is George Beamer. But one month onto being one month on the new job, George Beamer got drafted into the Spanish American War, Classic. and so he left. And he left his wife, Jenny appointed to be the assistant okay and she was the only woman who ever worked on big bay and i couldn't find any diary entries talking shit so about her yeah, i was
0: like oh did she journal though
1: no she didn't journal okay. so but all i can say is out of all of the men that he had that worked for him as assistants um the one and only woman that he had he doesn't have anything negative to say about but, but right, like, he's whatever. like what do you oh, know
0: i hired a woman and she's really good and fucking she's job. doing her work
1: But ultimately, George came back from the war and he turned out to be as much of a dud as good old Ralph. And after two whole months of George working there, Will noted this next thing in his diary. Can't wait. Assistant Beamer complains of being sick and talks of leaving the station to go home to Detroit. He is too high strung for a lightkeeper's assistant. Between himself and his wife this season, I imagine that I am keeping a home for the helpless poor instead of a U.S. lighthouse. Wow. I and my family having to do the greater part of the work while they receive the pay.
0: Get out of here, Scrooge. Mm -hmm.
1: Finally fed up with the lack of qualified assistants... Prior, William decided to put George on a steamer and send him the fuck back home to Detroit on November 1st, 1898. Not even a full year of him working or even like being there working on the lighthouse. Yeah, he's like,
0: I'm fucking over you, bro. Then his
1: uh, final notes in his diary on George, he said, this Beamer is without exception the most ungrateful and the meanest man I have ever met. At this point... Will's like, I'm fucking sick of it. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself. So he hires his own 19 year old son, and was like, "Come on, buddy. George Edward is his name. Come on, George Edward. You're gonna come. Assist. You're gonna come work with daddy in the lighthouse." And things run really smoothly with his son there helping him, and they have it run for about 15 months until George Edward took a fall and he gashed his shin open. They said all the way down to the bone, like on a corner Ooh. of the stone in the lighthouse. It was 1901, so, you know, he got gangrene and he died. It was 1901. Classic. After little old Georgie Edward died, Will did not handle it well. Not only did he lose his son, but he lost his best assistant he'd ever had. He fell into a major depressive episode And even his diaries became irregular until they stopped. In June 28th of 1901, so like not even a month after his son died, it's rumored that he disappeared into the woods with a gun and strychnine. Local neighbors conducted a long search, so they say, but they couldn't find him. And that autumn, his wife Mary and their remaining children left Big Bay for good.
0: Yeah, they
1: did. A little over a year later, the remains of Will Pryor were found hanging from a rope a little over a mile into the woods. Woof. A little over a mile, which makes me wonder how much these people actually did search for him, but I digress. The location, along with a few remaining pieces of his keeper's uniform and a few tufts of his signature red hair, helped identify the body as being William Pryor's. The lighthouse was ultimately automated in 1941 and then decommissioned in 1961. It was purchased by Dr. John Pick, who wanted to turn it into his summer home. But that project took him the better part of 17 years. And by the time he was done, he was well into his 80s and his health caused him to have to sell the property. In 1985, the lighthouse was ultimately purchased by a Norman and Marilyn Gottschall. Got you Got y'all. They also got y'all these ghosts. Uh, this is when we also begin to learn about the ghosts that apparently inhabit Big Bay Lighthouse. Yeah, they do. An Associated Press Wire story published on October 30th of 1989 said, The Gotchalls insists that he and his wife did not invent Pryor's ghost to drum up business, Instead, he said the first sighting was reported shortly after the inn opened by two guests who saw the spirit walking around the lighthouse in his U.S. Lighthouse Saving Service uniform. So they see Will walking around in his uniform. The article also references a quick and unexplained banging, running water in the basement shower, and other phenomena that they all attribute to the former lighthouse keeper. Every morning in the spring, um, Norman, got y'all, says, Every morning in the spring, he wakes me up, taps me lightly, and bids me to go fishing. Nope. At least he's polite. I guess. I know that fishing was important to a lighthouse keeper, so I have to fish every morning. I always try to comply. I don't want a mad ghost around. Who does? Smart, though. He's like, we're going to cohabitate. You want me to get up and go fishing. Maybe this will be good for me. I'll take the time for myself. I'll I'll do it. I'll go fishing. He's like, I heard heard
0: loud and clear. I get it. So That's gonna, why go for it. I'm gonna blow my nose real quick. Ugh. I'm dying. Okay. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Don't say that on the air while I'm sitting here because of the Netflix special. If you die, then there—that's going to be dying. in the trailer. That's going to be I, in the it's trailer. It's unrelated
0: to me being sick. It's because Sarah's going to kill me. No, <laughs> she's holding a knife right now. And now that like
1: credits are going and it's showing uh, like pictures of us. It's showing like our prom pictures and then the it puts it in a ray
0: of the girls jumping in the pool. My um, favorite was them running away from an axe murderer. It was yeah. Good. That would show we would. Do Although that, them having it, a baby was was pretty funny too. Jumping that was in the, pool the best one. Yeah, baby. yeah. Okay, anyways, back
1: to uh William and Please. his adventures in Big Bay Lighthouse. Uh, the Gotchalls are the ones who officially turned the lighthouse into an Airbnb? Or oh my god. Not Airbnb. I'm so sorry. I see B and that's where my mind goes, fuck. A bed and breakfast. Oh, just a
0: regular B. Just a regular B, not an Airbnb. Airbnb, just not a
1: Airbnb. Kind. Because it was night they did it in 1986. Airbnb didn't exist then, y'all. Did you this hear is- about
0: this from your calendar? Is that why that's on the floor?
1: Well, I was gonna talk about it another time. That's why it's on the floor. Okay. Just- I mean, it doesn't matter. It's fine. That's not what this it's is. It's not this story.
0: No, it's something else. Okay.
1: If this was a video podcast and you would all know what we just talked about.
0: But, she said yeah. earlier that something fell out. If you were paying attention, that was foreshadowing to me finding it on the floor.
1: If this is your first episode
0: and I'm you're still so sorry, here. go What listen are you doing? You asshole. We're abused. They
1: turned it into a bed and breakfast. It's just because you don't feel good today and I'm feeding off of I'm that so energy. Sorry. I'm
0: like, I'm taking it out on y'all, the listeners. And I'm just like, I yes, anding my way through this <sighs> abuse. I'm like my eyes are weeping, like I'm just seeping out of my face holes, <laughs> seeping,
1: seeping, seeping on the side of my face, seeping out of my face. The Gottches turned it into a bed and breakfast in 1986. Since then, many guests have reported strange experiences. For example, an Anne and Dennis Kirby spent their honeymoon, honeymoon, honeymoon in the summer of 1990. At Big Bay Lighthouse. That first night, Anne remembers, they settled into their guest room and were later awakened by the sound of something ping, ping, pinging down the stairs, as if someone had dropped a marble down the steps. Annoying. And the next morning, she said on the bedside table in a small ashtray, a single marble lay resting, a marble that hadn't been there the day before. I mean, yeah whatever.
0: Ann. I mean, of all the spooky shit to find a marble. Mm.
1: More than one story accounts for a tall, red-headed man wearing a late 1800s uniform walking the grounds around the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Doors and windows opening and close on their own, lights turning off and on by themselves, and disembodied footsteps making their way across wooden floors. So like even in death, William is still working. That's what I'm getting. is like, no matter what, the man doesn't take a day off other than the day he took to kill himself in the forest. But, like, that was his one vacation day that he had accrued, right? One overnight guest reported seeing the reflection of a man wearing a keeper's hat standing behind her in the mirror. Other guests have awakened from a deep sleep to find a man gazing at them from the end of their beds. I hate that. There have also been numerous reports of sailors on the land and in the lighthouse itself which gives way to saying that there's more than one ghost here. The main ghost is William, but the others, with the age or era of the uniforms not having been described, but it seems likely that it might be different souls that have died in Lake Superior. Estimates show that more than 10,000 people have died in Lake Superior, and 350 shipwrecks still lie on the lake floor. Which I did not know that. That's a lot.
0: That's a lot. That's a lot of shipwrecks.
1: And that leads me to my next question, which is, if you're a ghost underwater, do you stay underwater? Do you turn into a mermaid ghost? Do you think there's like a whole realm of paranormal activity in the ocean?
0: Well, because there's
1: so many dead bodies in the I was ocean of
0: the ghosts and pirates of the Caribbean. That's what I imagined. Yeah.
1: It's just like that. It's just like that. It's just like that. That's what the ghosts are. And I guess at Big Bay, some of them crawled onto land, but then they didn't turn back to people. They just stayed dead. Anyways, in March of 1992, the hotel was bought by three other three new people, a uh, John Gale and a Linda and Jeff Gamble. Um, They became the next owners buying it from the gotchals when the gotchals decided to retire. And in February 11th of 1996, there was an article out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where Linda Gamble, the new owner, admitted that she had heard Will once, but she thinks he's gone now. She says, I had a conversation with him in the kitchen. I thought it was a drunk coming back from the tavern and I have a temper. So I stormed up, but there was no one there. So I figured it must be the ghost of Will, and I said, Okay, I know ghosts don't like change, but we're changing things. I have to get up in the morning and make breakfast, so cut it out. Then I slammed a cupboard and went back to bed. The next morning, all the cupboard doors were closed, and I've never had a a reputable report of Will since. And then she buttons it by saying, And I call that an Italian exorcism. A kaboosh. Bam. She just walked in and, and total mommed that ghost where she was just like, listen, knock it off. I got shit to do. Changes are gonna happen. If you don't like it, you can get the fuck out. She's and like, Will was you think like, Your, I'll your get life's out. hard, try being a mom. And he's like, uh, you're right. I will leave. So in May of 2018, it once again changed hands to now, uh to the man who still currently owns it to this day, Nick Korstad. Nick Korstad stepped into the keeper role when he assumed ownership. He's the current keeper of not only Big Bay Lighthouse, but also a spectacle reef lighthouse in Lake Huron. And before he went to before he went to Michigan, he bought and restored the 1875 Borden Flats lighthouse on the Tauntaun River in Massachusetts. So he's kind of got a thing for lighthouses.
0: Mm-hmm. When, kind
1: of. when asked via email about any ghostly encounters, Nick has said, unfortunately, I haven't had much time to gain access to the ghostly past. The Lighthouse continues to operate as a B&B to this day, but there's absolutely no mention of ghosts anywhere on their website. No real mention of the dark history anywhere on the website. And they offer tours, but not ghost ones. Not ghost tours, just regular tours. So all of that makes me wonder... Did William get bored and leave? Did Linda spook him away, reprimand him into submission, or was he merely an advertising tactic used by the got y'alls to drum up business for their new B and B? And then they were like, "Never mind, forget there's ghosts." Uh, now the new owner is, yep, who's like, "I don't know nothing about no ghosts in this house." He's like,
0: "Ghosts? Who's she?"
1: Uh, did, I don't know anything about a ghost owning this. Gotchals owned this. I don't, you know, I really like lighthouses and everyone says they're haunted, but I don't think that they're haunted. He says as he has a ghost like on his shoulder.
0: I'm annoyed with him. I don't even know him, but I don't know. Yeah. I think he is a ghost, and I think he's like a lizard person, Ooh, but he's a ghost person. Where he's like, oh, there's no ghosts here, but he's like trying to distract you mm-hmm. from the ghost because he's a ghost. Exactly. He's just got a lot of makeup on, like in Death Becomes Her, where they have to
1: make up their decaying bodies. He just made up his ghost body.
0: Okay, it's, He's fucking
1: Casper up in that bitch.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, that is the story of Big Bay Lighthouse. It was slightly embellished a little bit, but the facts are all real. Damn. That's right. my story,
0: and I'm sticking to it. There you go, Big Bay Lighthouse. That's it. Done. What are you talking about this week, Stephanie? All right. I'm going to put this out there because uh, it's it's not going to be funny <laughs> um, as I laugh. Um, no, I want to put a content warning out there. I won't, I won't give a lot of super deep details. Um, but this is a story uh, where I am going to talk about sexual abuse against minors. You keep hurting these kids in your stories. I don't. I, why are you I doing haven't this? Hurt anyone. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I'm doing this in just a minute after I tell you a little bit about what I'm talking about today. Uh, so I want to start by saying that there is a large class action lawsuit that is beginning in New Hanover County, which is where Wilmington, North Carolina is. That's my hometown. Got it. On July 23rd, 2019, this is the case overview from the lawyers' website who are doing the class action lawsuit. Okay. On July 23rd, 2019, the Rhine Law Firm and Lee Schultz Law Firm filed a class action civil lawsuit against New Hanover County School Board. The suit was filed on behalf of several sexual abuse victims of former teacher Michael Kelly. The suit alleges that the school board and administration were negligent and knew about the abuse for years. On April 22nd, 2020, both firms filed another civil class action lawsuit against New Hanover County Board of Education, this time on behalf of victims of former Roland Grice Middle School teacher Peter Michael Frank. The suit alleges that Frank sexually assaulted and exploited two named plaintiffs while they were students in middle school. Despite New Hanover County Schools officials having ample notice that high school science teacher Michael Earl Kelly was acting in a sexually inappropriate manner, (gasps) Kelly sexually abused students in our local high schools for over two
1: decades.
0: (gasps) On July 25th, 2019, Kelly pleaded guilty to 59 counts of sexual assaults and crimes he perpetrated on young boys who were his students. 59? 59 cases. During this hearing, the community was shocked to learn that the New Hanover County School System, managed by its administrators and controlled by the New Hanover County Board of Education, had been made well aware of and was well acquainted with Kelly's deviant sexual habits. Wow. The New Hanover County Schools Administration failed to comply with its legal obligations to report Kelly's behavior to law enforcement, failed to perform adequate investigations, and failed to take action to remove this pedophile from our schools. Instead, the administration ignored multiple complaints brought by students, parents, and even staff and ignored evidence that they had been provided with or otherwise had access to, doing nothing to prevent Kelly from preying on future victims. Uh Astoundingly, they had done previously when confronted with band director Richard Priode's sexual abuse allegations, administrators within the New Hanover County schools did nothing to stop Michael Kelly. Instead, they made the situation worse by assigning Kelly to a smaller high school where he had more private access to more vulnerable students. Kelly repeatedly was given awards, enhancing his stature, and in the small Isaac Bear environment, he was bequeathed extraordinary prestige and authority. Of course, Kelly took advantage of his position and exploited groups of young male children year after year. These current and former students are suffering severely. Many have debilitating psychological injuries, such as depression, along with suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Many self-mutilate and nearly all report severe relationship issues, anxiety, and trouble in school or work. The New Hanover County Board of Education has failed to rectify this tragedy, and school officials have issued public statements denying they were notified about Kelly's destructive behavior. The denials are directly contradicted by parents and students involved in those interactions. After more information has emerged and the school board story began to unravel, one school official has resigned and an SBI criminal investigation has commenced. Peter Frank, a middle school band teacher, was arrested in January 2020 on 12 counts of taking indecent liberties, six involving indecent liberties with students. How do they have so many? Then in March, Frank was indicted on another 17 charges involving crimes he committed on a single student. The plaintiffs in these actions have been forced to file these lawsuits to pursue justice for themselves and other students who were assaulted and abused by sexual predators who were coddled by those whose duty it was to protect our most precious resource, our children. So there is this idea that while Michael Kelly's crimes were the largest, he had the, the greatest number of victims... It is possibly part of a greater cover-up in New Hanover County. I was like, didn't you name at least four other people? So I named two teachers, but within a two-year period, there were three New Hanover County school employees that were arrested for crimes, sex crimes against students within two years. But within 10 years, there were a total of six of them. So this was a glaring problem. Like I said, I am from Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where New Hanover County Schools is. That's where New Hanover County is. I heard about this story because Mike Kelly was a teacher at my high school. He was my sister's homeroom teacher. I never had Michael Kelly, but he was one of those teachers that was very popular. I knew who he was because a lot of my friends had him. He was a young teacher at the time. (gasps) And he was one of those teachers that, like, girls had crushes on. (gasps) Right? He won Teacher of the Year In 2016, mind you, he was arrested in 2018. So for the 2016-2017 school year, he had been named Teacher of the Year. So this is a teacher who was very highly regarded. Um, And this conversation came up when I was home in Wilmington. Um, I don't have any names. I wouldn't give them even if I did. No. But when I first heard about this, all I could think was, like, I have to know people Mm -hmm. that he abused. Like, I have to. So, the reports of his abuse began as early as 2003. Those are the reported mm-hmm. a- abuse of course. claims. Uh, they could be longer than that. He began teaching at Laney High School in 1993. My sister was there from 96 to 2000. I was there from 2003. 1 to 2005. He left Laney in 2006 when he was sent to Isaac Bear Early Call. It's like early college. Which is a smaller school, school. Which is a smaller school, which is like a college prep school. And the who was the su- assistant superintendent Dr. Rick Holiday, he retired a week a- less than a week after Michael Kelly pled guilty. Rick Holiday was the principal when I went to Laney High School. <gasps> So he is who the te- the parents and the teachers would, would have, have reported to. to. <gasps> and multiple parents say that they wrote and have proof that they communicated with Rick Holiday, that they warned him about Michael Kelly's inappropriate behavior with their children. And my and Rick Holiday says that he never had any such conversations. He has no idea what anybody's talking about. And then he, like, surprised, suddenly retired early, less than a week after Michael Kelly admitted that he was guilty pled guilty at the time that he pled guilty only nine people had come forward in the year and a half since then four additional people have come forward saying that they were abused by Michael Kelly uh when this conversation came up at home because somebody was like did y'all hear about Mr. Kelly and I was like uh yeah my sister had not heard about it oh. and I was like oh yeah Mr Kelly was but pled guilty to abusing children. He's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. Uh, my sister was like, that was my homeroom teacher. Like, I know who Mr. Kelly is. I thought he was young that, like, he hadn't been there when she was there. Mm-hmm. But no, he started teaching there a little bit before my sister went there. And one of the things that came up, like I said, I mentioned that, like, I was like, I have to know people. Um, One of my friends that I talked to did not give me any names, but confirmed to me that I absolutely definitely know multiple people that were abused by Michael Kelly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um not a fun story, but no. fascinating um and I'm not done <laughs> so Mr. Kelly is the one who has the most prolific as far as like how many victims he had mm-hmm. uh like we said, the first like reported case was in two thousand and three, but it's anticipated that of he was he did more, yeah, of working course. well before that, of course, and of course, we also know that a very, very, very small fraction of sexual abuse victims come forward, particularly child sexual abuse victims, particularly male child sexual abuse victims. yep, so I of course, I cannot help but think that this is just a fraction. Oh my God, of the number yes. of victims, right. So he is the the biggest. There was also the other person that I mentioned who uh, was a teacher at Roland Grice Middle School. There was also a man named Nicholas Oates. This was all within a two-year period that all these people were arrested. Nicholas Oates, however, uh, died while he was awaiting trial for his alleged sex crimes, which he had pleaded not guilty to. So for the last two years, many in the community questioned what school administrators and board members knew, when they knew it, how the abuse was able to go on unchecked. Like I said, Mr. Kelly was a very popular teacher. He was very, very well-liked. He won Teacher of the Year multiple times. My understanding is that it started, you know, it was different with different victims, but it would start with, like, him getting inappropriately familiar with students and making students feel like, I'm a cool teacher. You can tell me Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um And the little ways it escalated were he, this isn't a little way, these are children. Uh, he would tell students how to get around like the porn blockers on the school computers. Ugh. He would share porn with students. Ugh. And then I had heard that he had exposed himself to students. And the way that started was it was like, a game like a gotcha, you looked at my nuts kind of game uh. that like young boys do. But he's like, see, I'm one of you young boys. But he's a grown ass man. But he's a grown man. And he would initiate these games and then make kids feel like like they were, one, like they were in on it, like they had this secret fun thing with the their cool teacher, teacher, Mr. Kelly. Um, but also it would start to escalate in ways where like he made them think like it was their idea. Right. There were multiple counts of him exposing himself, of him sharing pornography, and there was one instance where he actually videotaped himself uh, with a student being sexually inappropriate. Yeah. Garbage people. Yes. So all these people, um, like I said, I don't know any specific names. Obviously, I would not share them even if I did, but it's a larger instance of, like, what was going on in new hanover county this is this man was teaching for over 20 years what kind how much more do they know what are they hiding and they are looking for more people to come forward i know i have a lot of friends back home who listen to this podcast if you listen to this podcast if you know anything about any inappropriate behavior, be it with Mr. Kelly or with any other teachers in New Hanover County, because this was clearly a problem that was not just like one person. This is a system, a systematic problem of these allegations being swept under the rug for decades, for decades. Um, initially, there, <laughs> the school, like the football stadium at my high school uh, in the late 2000s, they named it the Rick Holiday <laughs> Football stadium because he was the former yeah. teacher. He was a former um principal, principal and he went on to be the assistant superintendent of the county. They have since taken his name off of yeah. the football stadium. I, wa- I just
1: I I wonder how deep it goes. Of course. If there's just why they would protect someone doing that. Like, why is that necessary? And yeah, who else? I I assume if you caught you arrested three teachers in the span of two years in the same county for abusing students. Those are the And only like I ones. said, within a
0: ten-year period, there were six people. That's too many. So one between, is too many. Between twenty ten and twenty, or no, between twenty eleven and twenty twenty one, there were a total of six teachers arrested for different inappropriate. So, contact. like, are they not? Vetting them? Are they not like, just what so is happening? With two of the teachers, they weren't actually caught while they were still in New Hanover County. They had allegations raised against them, and they were being investigated when they left and went to teach at another school. Oh. And it's very similar to what we talked about with Dr. Dr. Death, Death and the doctors, which is because he left, all both of these teachers and Dr. Death, because they left while they were being investigated, but before they were fired for what they did— They They couldn't, when they went to get a new job, the old job couldn't say, we fired them, because they didn't. That person left of their own volition. So that happened with two of the teachers. They ended up getting arrested in other counties for inappropriate behavior with children in those counties, rather than in New Hanover County. (sighs) Two of the six of them. What the, like, oh. Yeah. So. You can't. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. You can't trust nobody with your kids. <sighs> My goodness. Um so it is shocking. There are more and more people coming out. like I said, uh, there is a class action lawsuit against New Hanover County Michael Kelly. Uh, Rick Holiday is also named in the in the class action Good. lawsuit um because he had to have known. Right. One of the theories that one of my friends had when we were talking about this was he was like either, you know, obviously Doc Holliday knew and either he was covering it up or he was involved like he had like he must have also had some shit he was trying to hide and wouldn't turn on Kelly because Kelly probably had some shit on holiday or like there's something in which like he knows more obviously than he says he does. He tried to retire very quietly in the wake of Michael Kelly pleading guilty. Um, But as of this time, there have been no criminal charges brought against Doc Holliday. Uh, Everyone who went to school there knew he was a big asshole. I knew he was a big asshole. I didn't know about Mr. Kelly because, like I said, he was very popular. Um, But that just goes to show you, like, if we learn nothing from, like, Bill Cosby, right? That, like, when it comes to Predators, this image of, like, being this cool fatherly a lot of people described him as a father figure to them but like when it comes to these people who seem so perfect and we hear these allegations just remember that people in those positions of power they do that on purpose right they set up this image of no one would ever believe these terrible things about me so that they can get away with these really terrible things i found this to be really mind-blowing i first heard about the case when, you know, he pled guilty two years ago on Facebook, yeah. somebody from, you know, high school posted about it. And I was like, wow, Mr. Kelly, what? And not that this has anything to do mm-hmm. with his abuses. But he aged really poorly. Um, Good. Because, like I said, I remember people had crashes on him in high school. And you're like, him? But uh, he's a piece of shit. And he is currently serving 17 to 30 years. Not long enough. Not long enough. Um, with good behavior, he could be released uh, on a, like a work release, uh, but he will have to be a registered sex offender for 30 years, not for life. I thought that's something you do for life. That should be for life. I don't know. Uh, mm. Anyway, if and when he does, well, you know, theoretically he will if he gets out of prison. He's 50 when he went away, so 17 to 30 years. It's if he 80. does come out, yeah, he would be a sex offender. 30 years as well all
1: right well the only job he should be allowed to do is something in a disgusting custodial field Ugh, what
0: it's heard cleaning literally. up other
1: people's throw-ups
0: so putting that out there again if you even if you're not from wilmington or new hanover county if you have you know been yeah. assaulted if you have been victimized by someone yeah. please like seek help it's not your fault but particularly if you are in New Hanover County and you've been victimized by a teacher, please, please, please go to this website. I will actually give it to you. It is NHCS, which is New Hanover County Schools, Sexual sexualabuselawsuit.com. So there is a pending class action lawsuit, like I said, against New Hanover County Schools, against uh, Roland Grice Middle School teacher Peter Frank, uh, former Laney and... Um, Isaac Baer, teacher Michael Earl Kelly, and Doc Ann Holliday. Wow. So please look into that. It's all, but there's too many names there. There's too many names. Too Right? Too many names. And those are just the people in the most recent years because the other people yep. have already, you know, done been, their thing done or done their died. Thing. Uh, I will also say that within the last few years, Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina also amended a child sexual abuse law Uh, that extended the statute of limitations. So if you were afraid that you couldn't come forward because it was too late, not true. Please come forward, do what you can. Um, None of these people have been named publicly, thank God. And like I said, even if I had names, I wouldn't share them. But all of the plaintiffs are like John Doe's. None of them Mm -hmm. have their names listed. So you can come forth anonymously and join this lawsuit without sharing your name. But I wanted to put that out there. Uh, For anybody who went to school with me and had Mr. Kelly, if you didn't know, now you know. And I just want to put resources out there for people to get help. Yeah, absolutely. That story has been on my mind, uh, especially like with it being brought up while I was on vacation and with my friend telling me, like, you definitely know people. You absolutely know people that Mr. Kelly assaulted. I was really, like, shook. It's hard. Yeah. That's really... Oof. So, I'm sorry it wasn't a fun one, which I tried to warn you about. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I thought it was a, a really important story. It I really important. wanted to talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because there's... The only way that we're going to bring these people to light is by talking about it. Absolutely. And it needs to be known that that they are pedophiles and awful people and need to have consequences for their actions. Yeah,
0: And don't be fooled by... A popular person who everybody says is really nice.
1: Usually if the If you pillar, had a bad
0: experience with them, they're a bad person. They're and not I nice. I believe you. Mm-mm.
1: They're not nice. Everybody's got different faces. <sighs> they sure do. I've the Like, one of the main things I know about serial killers are the people who... It always takes you by surprise. It's always the pillars of society who just
0: shit on who ne- everybody it's else. It's never a one-off, right? No. It's the people who, like, have, who the people who have multiple victims are the people who are, like, super charismatic. They're, like, the youth pastor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that was one of the things that was brought up, too, was they were, like, you know, we think that it's, like, one of the parents had said something where it was, like, you know, we think that We have to protect our children from these, like, strangers in the dark, and we have to protect them from their teachers, their youth ministers, their Boy Scout leaders. (laughs) Like, we need to protect our children because people who want to victimize people will put themselves in a position of power.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and they're usually – I feel like especially if they're dealing with children, they're usually very charismatic. Yes, Because that's how they rope in kids, exactly, and then make kids think that it's okay. And then when it's done, and then when they feel bad, that it's their
0: fault. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just because those
1: people play children doesn't mean that they also doesn't mean that they don't also play adults. Like it's the same. They can play you
0: just like they play just like they play kids. Oh my god! Absolutely, yes.
1: And it just makes me think of John. Like I've I've been working up the story for John Wayne Gacy, but I'm like, that was John Wayne Gacy. He just, for whatever reason, he could talk in circles and he could play adults and teenagers and children alike.
0: And I mean, that's what we say, uh, which I like that there's the song now about how Ted Bundy isn't that great, but no. that's what they said about Ted Bundy too. He was just very, He's just charismatic, he just seemed normal, and charismatic and charming and. People not that he him. was
1: cute. He wasn't cute, y'all. Stop stop romanticizing and make it sound like Ted Bundy was hot. He wasn't hot. He was just charismatic and also charismatic in a time he where charismatic women— charismatic and
0: manipulative.
1: Exactly. And women weren't as outspoken as they are now, and women wouldn't say, no, I'm not going to help you, random man, put this thing in your car. They're going to say, oh, I have to say yeah, i help this guy. I'm going to help this guy. Yeah. So his shit would not fly today.
0: Ugh, I sure That hope unibrow? Not.
1: No. Those crazy eyes? Those eyes are crazy. Always.
0: Get out. This shit doesn't play. It doesn't. Mm-mm. So that's my story. That's been Dead Same Time story. Stories. I, I hope little... you sleep well. Is this your first episode? I know. These lights I have don't been flickering. Like... They flickered like three or four times. Yeah, the lights are flickering
1: episode. in here. It's
0: weird. The ghosts are like, girl, get him. Yep. Get him. Get him. The ghosts support us. So, and we hope you do too. I hope you do too. Uh, putting now that we're nice at the end of the show. And you know what? Take care of yourself. You listen. You had a hard time. We were really mean to you. We gave you some hard stories. This has been a roller coaster of emotions of yeah. a of an episode. But I want to end it with like you know, take care of yourself. This is heavy. We're material sorry, baby. Today. You know how we get. You know how we get. You made me do that. No, I'm sorry. Why'd you make us love y'all so hard? <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening to our show. Of course, you can support us multiple ways. The best way is with your money. Money on our Patreon. We have one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, fifteen dollar tiers. All fantastic. We have merch on our website, Deadtime Stories with a Z dot com. But of course, there are free ways you can support us as well. Like emailing the podcast, deadtime stories at gmail.com. And the best number way you can help us that costs you absolutely zero dollars is to leave us a five star review, preferably on iTunes, but literally on any of the apps that you use to listen to deadtime stories. Give us a five star review. That's how more people can find us and we can spread the word.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Keep That's doing it, it, man.
0: That's All it. Right. Stephanie's got to rest. I do. I'm going to drink lots of water and go home and, and try and get some of this out of my face. So that when we record on Saturday, maybe I won't sound like this.
1: Yay! And you
0: won't have to cut out me coughing and blowing my nose. It's true. Y'all don't even know what you missed. Fingers crossed. Ear. You miss me coughing and blowing my nose. Yeah. If if Sarah chooses to cut it out, I'm gonna cut it out. No one wants to listen to that. I mean, no one wants to, but
1: you know, make them because this is our abusive episode. You, you do whatever you do. <laughs> I will. Thank Sometimes you. I listen
0: and I'm like, why didn't she cut that? Well, here we are. Here we are. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Hedins and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.